Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 18. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Jesus says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels... See, this is where they get the, 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 the feeling that uh, all children have angels assigned to them. And the, the teaching, they get it from this verse right here. I say to you that in heaven their angels, talking about children, always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Why do you think, or what do you think, Jesus says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety and nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, as surely I say to you, he rejoices more over the sheep than over the ninety nine that did not go astray. Even so, is it not the will of the Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish? Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. If you um, were not with us uh, the last time, we left the disciples, and, and they were arguing amongst themselves. And Jesus showed up, and he said, what are you guys arguing about? And they said, first they were reluctant to tell him. And, and Jesus asked them, what, you know, again, what, what are you guys arguing about? And they said, well, Jesus, we want to know who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And they stand there breathlessly waiting for Jesus to answer to who is the one. And Jesus gave them this neat little object lesson. If you were with us, you know this. He gave us this neat little object lesson as he took a little child up in his knee, up on his lap. Uh, Don't you love that picture? This is God, the one who said, light be, and their light was. And, and And he's so gentle that he can take a little child a little baby, a little boy, and just sit him up on his knee. And, and, and he gives them an object lesson. And he says, he says, unless you are become like this child, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, remember, we talked about this. If you weren't here, you can pick up the CD. Jesus wasn't talking about reversion to childhood. He wasn't saying everybody should go out and act like babies. Everybody should act like children. He wasn't talking about reversion to childhood. He was talking about conversion into the family. You must be born again. Jesus is saying if you're going to be great in the kingdom, you have to have childlike traits of humility and trust in Jesus. And Jesus said if, if you hurt one of these little ones, it would be better for you to be killed by drowning. Take a millstone, tie it around your neck and cast yourself in the sea than to hurt one of these little ones. Now, continuing to talk about little ones, beginning in verse 10, we just read it. Jesus says, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. 
And then if you're taking notes, write this down. He gives us three reasons not to despise little ones. Number one, in verse 10, because angels don't despise little ones. They watch over them. They stand guard for them. Angels, number one, are interested in them. And then in verse 11, don't despise these little ones because Jesus came to find them. See, when you study the Bible, you have to study the scriptures in their context. And so we're going to look at some verses this morning that you're going to go, man, I never even saw that verse like that. Why? Because you never heard the verse in context. Now, talking about finding the lost sheep and he'd go after the one and leave the 99. He's talking about that. Did you get that in the context of children not despising or hurting a child? So Jesus says, he says, Jesus came to find them. Angels are interested in them. And then the last point in verse 14, you shouldn't despise little ones because the father is interested in them. God doesn't want one little child to perish. Hence, if you despise a little child, you are coming against the angels, the son of God, and the eternal father. Now, remember, the little ones doesn't just apply to those who are small children naturally, but also to those who are small children spiritually. Remember, we as Christians are called to be stepping stones, not stumbling stones. And we as mature believers, oftentimes we're guilty of stumbling, causing to offend or an offense to little children. Spiritually, this is what the Lord says. Now, look at verse 15 in your Bibles, keeping with the theme of who is the greatest in the kingdom. Greatness is found in humility. We talked about also greatness is found in honesty, particularly in the area of of conflict resolution in the church. In Matthew 18, look at verse 15. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. Amen. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Would you circle the word alone? If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, Take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the congregation, the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, notice, let him be to you like a heathen, like a tax collector, like an unbeliever. Assuredly, I say to you in verse 18, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You see the context of this verse. Now, we'll talk about it in just a second. I'm just shocked. You know, as a pastor, I'm growing. I'm learning. And I'm learning, number one, to read the Bible in context. And don't scripture twist. There used to be a rock band out there called Twisted sister. Some folks like it's like twisted scripture. Sorry, it's early. But but look at this. Assuredly, look in your Bibles. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them 
by my father in heaven in verse 20 for where two or three are gathered in my name. Read it with me, saints. I am there in the midst of them. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. Someone once wrote. To live above with saints we love. Well, that will be grace and glory to live below with saints we know. Well, that's another story. Isn't that true? Some people are just difficult to get along with. If you know one person, raise your hand. Well, all the husbands and wives should have their hands up because it's their spouse. Yeah, Ronnie, you're talking about my husband. Preach it, bro. Now you're preaching. Some people are just difficult to get along with. Jesus knows that. Paul the Apostle knew that. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Paul knew that. Some people are just difficult to get along with. Jesus knows that. Paul says, if it's possible, as much as possible. In other words, sometimes it's just not possible. But Jesus does care about his kids. And he cares that we get along. Can't we all just get along? And he cares, just like you care when your kids are in the house fighting. Doesn't that drive you nuts? My kids start fighting. I'm like, look, y'all go ahead and fight all you want. Just take it outside. Because if you tear up my house, I'm going to have to beat you both up. But Jesus cares if we fight. He cares if we don't get along, just like any parent would care when their children don't get along. To dwell below with saints we know, well, sometimes that is another story. And in our text, did you notice this? Jesus provides a practical action plan for how to dwell with saints we know. How to deal with them. When someone offends you, look in your Bibles again. I really want you to see this verse, and I want you to see it clearly. Look at it close. Look at this verse closer than you've ever looked at it before. Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, go and slice the tires on his car. Is that what he says? Say no, saints. <laughs> no. Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, then key his car. Is that what it says? No. If your brother sins against you, then gossip about him and tell as many people as you can what a jerk he really is. Is that what it says, saints? Say no. No. The Bible says, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him, mano a mano, alone. Don't. Pass go. Don't collect $200. Don't go tell your best friend. Don't tell your Bible study partner. Don't tell the church secretary. Go directly and honestly and frankly to your brother. Go to him privately in confidence. Now, as a pastor, this is one of those texts that really most pastors, quite honestly, are pretty passionate about. Because it is one of the most disobeyed verses in all of the Bible. Now, I just want you to prepare this morning to say ouch or amen for the rest of our time together. This is one of the most disobeyed verses in all of the Bible. 
When there are problems and conflicts and offenses in the church, if the church would start to practice Matthew 18, 15, I really believe there would be fewer church splits, fewer church fights, and fewer church divisions. You see, what most people do when there's a problem, when there's an offense in a church, instead of dealing with it, you know what they do? They leave the church. They go across town. The only problem is, no matter where you are, you're always there. You see, oftentimes, you're the problem. And I don't know how it is that you expect to go across town and not ever be offended. You expect to go across town to another church and it's going to be a perfect. There is no perfect church. If you knew that, say amen. You know why there's no perfect church? Because you're there. I'm there. People are there. Hello, people are sinners. We're all sinners. We're just simple. I ain't going to church no more because there's all hypocrites in the church. Yeah. Yeah, people think they got me with that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's all. there's hypocrites in the church. That's why I don't go to church because there's hypocrites in the church. I'm like, duh. Yeah. So come and join us because you're a hypocrite too. We'll just all be hypocrites together. First church of the hypocrites. Come on. I mean, let's rip off the mask and get real. Everyone in every someplace in our lives, everybody has an area of hypocrisy. So people get mad at the church. They get upset with somebody in the church, maybe not even with the leadership, maybe not even with me, although that does happen. But but not even maybe sometime not with me. They get mad with somebody that goes to their church and they go to the church across town and then they get offended at the church across town and they go to another church and then they go to another church. You know, we call them steeple chasers. Church hoppers. There's always a problem with the church that you came from. Jesus said, listen, if your brother sins against you, go tell him. Don't leave the church. Might I add something? Listen and listen close. Don't even pray about it. What, Rodney? Don't even pray about it? Nope. I am sorry. That is not what the Bible says. And I have heard that a hundred thousand times. Well, you know, I had an offense and you know what I did? I just took it to the Lord in prayer and I just decided I'm just going to pray about it and leave it alone. Can I tell you something? I had a counseling appointment just last week and somebody told me that very same thing. And I told him, I said, do you know that's unbiblical? You show me one place in the Bible where it says, if you have an offense against your brother, then go pray about it. Now, don't misunderstand me. Do I think you need to pray? (laughs) Absolutely. Do I think you need to, as you are making your appointment, to go privately to the person in confidence, say, Lord, give me the words, give me grace, let me speak the truth in love, God, I want to love them, I want to restore them, we'll talk about it in a second, absolutely. But do I think you need to just pray about it and leave it with the Lord? Because, you know, I just prayed about it and I just left it with the Lord and I just did. That is not what the Bible says. And can I tell you something that is deceitful? Why? Because you leave a root of bitterness in your heart. There is some, I don't care if you're 8 or 80. I don't care if your offense is somebody at school in junior high or somebody at work at IBM or somebody at church. 
The fact is that root of bitterness just gets so deep in your heart. And you know what? It's never going to be ripped up and dug out until you go to that person and say, you know what? Hey, I, you, man, you offended me. And I want to tell you how. Or I think you're in sin, bro. And here's why. The Bible says, see, that's the freeing thing. That's why Jesus makes it clear what we're supposed to do. Now, we don't do this. And because we don't do this, there are many, many, many problems in the church. You know what? I think it was in geometry. I was talking to my wife about this in geometry, of which I was asleep for in school. But I did wake up long enough to learn that the shortest distance between two points is what? A straight line. Yay, I got it right. A straight line. And you, and you know, Jesus knows that. That's why he's telling us the shortest way to handle a situation when you're offended is to go straight to the person that offended you and tell him his fault. That literally means to bring it to light so that neither one of you is in darkness. And what happens is when that root of bitterness stays there, let me tell you something. What happens is when the root of bitterness stays there and you don't go to that person, you know what happens is you start to gossip about that person. I told you, say out your amen, it's going to get ugly. You start to gossip about that person. And let me tell you something about gossip. The Bible has a lot to say about gossip. And it's all bad. Every bit of it. You know, it reminds me of this story of these uh, ministers who decided to begin to pray together and hold each other accountable. And so they got together for the very first time and the first minister says, brothers, you know, I, I got to confess my sin to you. For years, I've been struggling with temptation and pornography, and I really need you to pray for me because I want to be delivered, he said. Well, then the next minister, he says, guys, you know, I got to confess, too. I, I've been struggling with alcohol for years. Many times on Monday, I'd go out and I would just get smashed, and I feel so terrible about it. I need you to pray for me. Well, then the third minister said, well, fellas, my struggle is that I love the gossip. And I can't wait to get out of here to tell everyone. <laughs> gossip. Now that's funny. But gossip isn't. Do you know that gossip is one of the most destructive things that occurs, that happens in the church today? It is destructive. It is hurtful. And once gossip spreads, it's out there. And it's gone. See, this is the danger of gossip. You can't ever recover it, even when you go back and say you're sorry. Even when you ask for forgiveness, do you realize you cannot really recover the, the, the gossip? This is Yiddish folklore. Offers a telling tale about people who gossip. One such man had told so many malicious untruths about a local rab rabbi that he was overcome by remorse and he begged the rabbi to forgive him. He said, Rabbi, tell me, how can I make amends? Well, the rabbi sighed, take two pillows, go to the public square, cut the pillows open, wave them in the air and then come back. Well, the man quickly went home, got two pillows and a knife, ran to the public square, cut the pillows open, waved them in the air and he ran back as quickly as he could to the rabbi's chamber. Rabbi, I did just what you said. The rabbi said, good. And then he smiled. Now, to realize how much harm is done by gossip, go back to the square. And, and the boy said, and? And? And the man interrupted him and said, collect all the feathers. I think that's telling. You can't. 
And so once gossip is spread, you can't recover. And that's why taking notes, Proverbs 619, six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. And one of them is a false witness, one who speaks lies. First Peter chapter four, verse 15 reads this. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief or an evildoer or a busybody in other men's matters. Do you know that word busybody sounds just like what it is? Some people are just busybodies. They're just going around people to people, flower to flower, getting the gossip nectar. Oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Juicy stuff. What's the juicy news? What's the latest news? You know what? I tell you what. I told my wife this the other day. I said, honey, whenever I hear gossip and I hear one person's name or some core group of people's name in the midst of the gossip, generally, those are the people you need to be suspect of. It's true. Some people just into other people's business. And spreading lies and spreading gossip. And here's the problem with gossip. I don't know that the problem is really with the gossiper, although God has much to say to that. But the problem is really with the person who entertains the gossip, who listens to the gossip, and then goes and spreads the gossip. Now, therein lies the problem. It's the person who takes the gossip and spreads it. You know, it's, it's in Proverbs 26.20. It says, where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceases. You see, if somebody comes to you and gossips about somebody else, well, that is a problem. Don't misunderstand me. But it is also a problem in that you listen to it and then you go and you tell it to somebody else as if it is truth, as if it is fact. That's the problem. You know what you do when somebody comes to you? What do you do, Rodney? What do I do when people come to me? And you know what? Here's something else. Some folks, we family. Are we family? Say amen if we're family. Yes, we are. Even if you're a visitor, we just include you. Some people, they just know who to go to and spread the gossip. They just know. It's something innate in them. They hone in on the person. Oh, I can tell gossip to them. How do they know that? You just know the person that you can tell the gossip to because you know they'll listen. You see, what do you do when somebody comes and tries to share gossip with you? You know what you do? You just tell them, just say, you know what? Hey, stop right there. Matthew 18, 15. And they go, but I want to... Matthew 18, 50, but I got to ask you to pray about it with me. Matthew 18, 15. And if they continue, I mean, some people, they just have to share the gospel. I mean, it's just in them. They just got to come out. They just got to. You know what you do? You just stand there and stare at them. Don't say a word. Oh, yeah, it will be awkward. It will be very awkward. But you just stand there and you just stare at them. And if you stare at them long enough and you don't say a word, hopefully they'll get it. And even if they don't get it at that point, you know what you do? Just start yelling and screaming and running away. Just go, ah! Ah! 
And what will happen is they'll think you're crazy. They'll never come gossip to you again. I don't know. I'm just trying to help. You see, just, 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 just lose your mind. Then they'll think you're crazy. They'll never come gossip to you again. I mean, you got to do something. Now, notice Jesus says in your text, look at it again in your Bibles. He says, after you go to the person, notice this here. If he hears you, look at verse 15. If he hears you, you have gained a brother. You see, this is the purpose of Matthew 15. This is the purpose of, of confronting your brother. You know what it is? It's to gain a brother. If he hears you, you have gained a brother in two ways. First of all, the problem has been cleared up, it's been resolved, and you're walking in love. Secondly, you've gained him because you have not wronged your brother by gossiping about him. The point in confronting him is not to give him a piece of your mind. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.